We are back with some extra fat joy. Anna, I have 10 questions for you. Are you ready? Wait, I'm so ready. <laughs> All right. So if your week was a chapter of a book, what would it be called? Um, glitter in hard to reach places. Oh, can we just pause and you tell us the story? <laughs> I've always joked that that would be my memoir as a pastor slash a road that wasn't taken, but probably should have been in turn burlesque. But like I, uh, right. Cause it kind of works for either one. So when you work in a church and you work with kids, you have glitter, you have like p- supplies and, and you just, that glitter is, is, is just so prolific. And so, um, I, I always have glitter someplace on me, glitter in hard to reach places. I love it. And I just love the, also like, like you said, like the saucy, uh, connotation as well. Well, that's what I'm, I mean, I, what I wanted to be when I was growing up was, you know, not growing up like from little, but like from college was the Christian Dr. Ruth. I really, really, really wanted to be a Christian sex therapist. And actually I'm kind of in, in that space. I you do a lot of conversations with folks about sex when they're, when they're parishioners. Yeah. I can imagine. Why didn't you do that? We're like having a whole other podcast here, but yeah, why? Totally, yeah, I'm so totally. uh, the, uh, the only reason I didn't is because I found that was a, a sort of a sense of call that didn't have me in a pulpit that had me in one-on-one counseling. Yes. And once I came to seminary, I really got called to a different type of ministry that, that put me in more out front spaces than one-on-one space. But ironically, as I, as I head closer and closer to retirement, I think I actually probably am going to go get licensure because I do pastoral care, but I don't have real training in it. So I might actually end up a Christian sex therapist, which would be the best thing in the whole wide world. So coming full circle. I love that so much. A Christian sex therapist. Yes. Yes. What is one thing that you own that you probably should throw out? <laughs> um, one thing I own that I would probably need to throw out is um, I've had so many beloved former pastors and friends give me so many books. And so I do have um, sort of over overflowing shelves. Um so maybe not throw out, maybe donate to the next generation of people who get to keep them on their shelves until they get it to the next place. But I'd say a, a ton, a ton of books. Yeah. Is it, do you find it hard to do book weeding? Like, is it hard to weed out your books? It's horrible. I even did the like, oh, I'm going to start crafting with the books that I don't use so that there's like, there's, you know, and I was like, I don't want to tear out a page of this book. Like, because it's like it's it's somebody somebody really cared enough to put that into print, you know. So um, so it's very difficult for me to weed because I might eventually need that chapter from the joys of Yiddish. You know what I mean? Which is one of my favorite. Like I'm I'm I, it's on my shelf. I love it so much. I actually love Yiddish words, and also I I, I it's not my culture, so I'm not going to appropriate it. So it's like yeah, I know my version. of that that I did finally I was when we moved to this house I was forced to weed my you know 20 year long collection of all books but the one my version of that is like the Norton anthology of Shakespeare I was like but I might need to like pull it and read much new about nothing never mind that it's I could find it easily anywhere online but there was something about like it's that book there's like the memories with it it's just oh I really, I feel the whole weeding thing as a former librarian like that. I I get it. <laughs> what is the most used app on your phone? 
Yes. So my most used app is definitely messages to message all my my friends and family. But beyond that, I would say currently Instagram, though I'm trying to to move into TikTok, but between Instagram and and messages, I would say. Love it. Favorite smell? Uh, favorite smell is summer pavement with rain on it. Yes. Yes. I think that's called, I could be wrong, but I think that's called petrichor. Have you heard that term? This is like my one little piece of trivia that someone told me and it's never left my brain, which is shocking because everything leaves my brain. But Petra for rock, core, Icor as in like the God of blood or the blood of gods. So it's like that smell is like, yeah, the God, the blood of gods on rock smell, petrichor. That is the coolest. Yeah. That is the okay. First of all, if I ever get another animal, they're gonna be named Petricor. That is the coolest name for a giant dog. Well, actually, I have a little dog named Henry, and he's like a little. So, like the next dog I want is also gonna be like a little mutt rescue, but I'm gonna name him Petricor. He's gonna be yeah, Petricor. Ooh, be tough. I love it. (laughs) Favorite word. Petricor. Yeah. That was easy, easy one. <laughs> sure as heck is. Other, if if not that, um, probably uh, most most used word is babe. I you know da, 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 I just call everyone babe. So um, oh my god, I I do too. But I did it to my twelve year old stepson the other day, and I was like, that was weird coming out of my mouth. I don't know, and I was like are we okay with that? And he didn't say anything. I was like, I guess we're okay with me calling you, babe. It was just like a week, like, I don't know. So I, I, I think I'm like mid embracing the babe. I know. I, when, when I accidentally, I, I, I work in a, in a, you know, a, a higher education role and I have definitely called my boss. babe. Yeah. I love it. I and, love that. He is a very generous person. So he, he is okay with it. But uh, yeah. Um, do you have a least favorite word? I think vomit, like, I think that is my least favorite word because that is my least favorite thing. And I would say that is probably my least favorite word. Though I didn't even like saying it. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you want to do it. Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> um, what scares you? I think my biggest fear is, uh, well, I mean, my biggest like actual fear is being buried alive. Um, I, like that is actually like the like stress dream. Um, but I think the thing that actually scares me to death is um, what we're what we're gonna do to each other as humans, right? And so I I do get worried. Um, I I I I don't actually I I still have enough hope to hope that that we will get through it but i i do worry about my biggest fear is is like nuclear winter and nuclear war yeah agree i was um interviewed on a podcast this morning and the host shared with me the term active hope that comes from i forget the name maybe janet something someone who was like a climate activist and that that is kind of what she holds so basically kind of knowing we're all doomed but trying to do what she can to maintain hope. And there was just something about, I just loved that term, like active hope. Well, and not placing all of your hope in humanity. 
I think this is the other thing is this is actually a very, very, it's a bigger thing, which, is, you know, there, there is a hope that resides in me that is post-human. Um, if, even if we were to break ourselves and, and, and war ourselves to death and climate change takes us, um, I, there is a hope that resides in the the roaches and the twinkies that are left behind right and so like there is a goodness to this universe not necessarily goodness in the like jesus god kind of way but like there is a a rhythm an energy uh something of this universe that seems bigger than humanity to me that's why i'm kind of religious but also i i take real uh peace in that that whatever happens there's still something beyond humanity that you so yeah i really i agree with the same thing i i ref i of i refuse to believe that if we destroy ourselves like that's the end like you know we're making our choices but i i do believe there is so much more out there i really i don't know if you've read um octavia butler's lilith's brood trilogy I have not, but I, you're the second person literally this week who has. Oh, really? That. Okay. It's your sign. You got to read it. Um, it, it's, it is really brilliant because she explores like far future people have destroyed themselves and beings arrive. And I was reading, I'm like, God, this author is. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I was like, I think that's my belief. What this, what is in that book? I, I, I really am going to put my hope in that. Yeah, absolutely. Octavia Butler is incredible. And I've only honestly read like maybe a couple of short stories and a and piece, but like very little. And I really should read more. Yeah. I mean, the two parable books, Parable of the Sower, Parable of the Grower are like what's happening right now. And actually right now I'm halfway through Fledgling, which is about a vampire. So she's very like she writes in so many different genres as well. It's real. she was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I was so lucky to be turned on to her. What is one of your big dreams? Um, so my big dream is that, I mean, I guess for sort of the fat church space, um, my I, I would dream that more communities of faith would adopt a, 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 a fat positive, um, fat embracing, abundant theology um to to really create that movement of of people of faith who are who are not so embedded in capitalistic diet culture that we end up really actually affecting our health <laughs> you, know, that, you know what i mean and and um that we actually can get back to a wellness that is rooted in our own body knowledge and not mediated by anything else yeah oh my gosh I had two thoughts at the same time. One was, oh my gosh, should I create that up here so I can go? And my second thought was like, no, why would I create it? Let me ask Anna, can you please create a Zoom-based version of that that we can all, all of us fatties can attend, all of us unrepentant fatties? Unrepentant fatties friends, yeah. I don't think that exists. I don't think this exists anywhere by me. And I don't want to go to a church and fight another freaking battle. I just want to show up and feel connected to something greater than myself in a nourishing, abundant way. So I will sign up if you if you do something like that. <laughs> Thank you. And honestly, I there there are conversations of I I I 
I need to retire is what need to, I need to have this be primary because if, if, if I could, that's exactly what I would love to do is to create a virtual congregation. But I also think there's power, um, in, you know, any, any, no, you don't have to be religious to ask the questions in this book and to ask it of the church or of the religious communities that you're in. And so there is something about like, should we all come together for this and be our own little like echo chamber or should we all be out in the communities asking questions and critiquing? Maybe we come back together every once in a while to, to like, nourish ourselves and to like, but then that's a good I idea that it's important to go out into it's, 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 you know, Jesus brought in his disciples, but then sent them out. So I do think that this is uh, uh, is rooted in a in a ministry that is about bringing in, but then sending out. That's so interesting. I love that. I I would do that. I've actually thought. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure what I am, but I was going to say, like, I thought about like being a pastor would be a, such an interesting role. But I do believe also that it is a sacred calling, and I have not. I don't have that, or I haven't yet. But I'm like, oh, maybe when I retire, I can like learn from you. We can do that. Because I just, I I think a lot of people yearn for this, but it's like, and I've gone to Unitarian churches. I've done lots of different, like tried lots of different places. And unless I was willing to be the fat person talking about anti-fatness, which I do in so much of my life, I just... Yeah, I would like to just go to a space that has been created from scratch this way, you know? Right. Yeah. Give, give me give me a little time, but I we are working on we're the conversations that me and a handful of folks are having is around I'm so happy this kind of community. Yeah. Oh, that makes me very happy. Um, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self, um, she's going to be okay. Right. That she like that the trajectory was hard. Um, don't take Fen Fen. I would tell her not to take Fen Fen. I would tell her to palm it, put it on your tongue, throw it away. But I would also tell her that she wasn't going to die at 20 and that she wasn't going to die at 30 and that she wasn't going to die at 40. Um, and you know, when you're told at eight that you're going to die, and that if you don't lose weight, you're, you just immediately become an enemy of your body. And so I always thought I was living on borrowed time. And I, you know, I think that that piece is really important is fat living. Um, I would just really encourage her to, um, to, to not put so much value in her size as everyone else did. I love all of those like meme videos that go around on TikTok and Instagram, like do it fat. Do it fat. Just do it fat. Just do it fat. You can do all of these things fat. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh, little one. Our our inner child, right? Like, oh, I, I know. <laughs> all right. Last question. And we may have actually already answered it um, on the main podcast, but we'll see. So this one is, if you had a billboard on the side of a really busy highway where tens of thousands would see it each day, what would you put on that billboard? Yeah, I think I will change it from what I said in the, in the, in the podcast is what I would want listeners to hear. It would be the thing that I would want 
them to hear, which is, I'm, I'm sorry that the church has hurt you. And I'm sorry that the church has been wrong. Um, that's that. But the thing that I would want on a billboard, which is far less personal, which is just something somebody drives past. Um, and, and so that would be less of a conversation that I'd want to have with somebody. But the thing that I'd want them to stop and see is fatness is not a sin, nor is it a moral failing of any kind. Full stop. Full stop. Yeah. Amazing. Anna, you're wonderful. Thank you're you. You're wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. So much fun. Yay. <laughs>